0: Right now, Thomas Burns is an open book for Ray Leonard, backs up against the ropes. This is one of the most unusual calls by a referee in the history of the sport. The first loss, a tremendous victory. Leonard fighting off the ropes. It happened, it happens. Another cut by Douglas, oh, goes to nice. right-hand shot.
1: Welcome, Fight Fans, from another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast Legendary Nights. And on today's episode, as voted for by you, the listeners and the users of Twitter, this is Eric Morales versus Marco Antonio Barrera, Mexico versus Mexico from February 2000. Now, before we get into the episode, I want you guys to go and check us out on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. So this is it, this is the next episode of Legendary Nights And it is the tale of Eric Morales versus Marco Antonio Barrera
0: Tonight, from the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino Along the fabulous strip in Las Vegas, Nevada Boxing after dark returns With a battle between two typically determined Mexican warriors Super Bantamweight Champion Eric Morales Against former Super Bantamweight title holder Marco Antonio Barrera on a perfect, clear, cool night in Las Vegas, an intensely knowledgeable boxing crowd will fill the event centre at the Mandalay Bay for a fight for which Mexican fans have waited several years.
1: Johnston, this is a fight I know you've been really looking forward to. I'm really excited to be talking about this one. Morales versus Barrera, February 2000. Man, what a fight this was.
2: Yeah, been looking forward to this one. Sean, really looking forward to this one. Um, it's it's just a fantastic fight to, to recap on, um, and yeah, looking forward to running for their careers and discussing this fight in particular. It's, it's a beauty.
1: It is, and it's one that's been in the poll actually before, and and one that we were surprised had not been voted for previously. But there's that many fantastic fights that we've witnessed over the years that at some point it was bound to come up, and here it is. It was one of your uh, one of your friends and listeners to the show as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, Charlie Adams, he put four, out, uh, four fights out the pole, um, some four excellent cracking fights, um, And uh, yeah, Charlie loves his stuff, he loves the show, and loves boxing, so it was great for him to, to get uh, his four fights out on the pole, so pleased for Charlie and... Uh great thing,
1: so. Yeah, big shout out to you there Charlie, thank you so much for listening, thank you so much for your uh, input for the Legendary Knights episode this week, so as always then, we will cover this off in the same format which will be covering off briefly both careers of the fighters and then we'll talk about the build up to the fight, the fight itself and the aftermath of the fight as always, so let's get into it then so this was billed as Eric Morales versus Marco Antonio Barrera so let's start off with Morales then, and I'll give my initial thought on, on, on Morales as as when I actually started to pick him up as a fighter. I first picked up on Morales uh, around about the time he beat Junior Jones, which was in '98, and that was when he was defending his WBC super bantamweight title at the time. That was the first time I seen him because obviously me being a big Nas fan, as as we've talked about in the past. I was looking around at what the the sky pundits were putting out there as potential opponents in the future for Nazim Hamed they were talking about if he you know these guys move up their potential fights in the future and I remember that you know seeing Morales and I remember the, them showing clips of Morales uh, on the shows and I'm like wow this guy looks amazing you know what a fight that would be if he if he came up in weight and fought Naz Unfortunately, it never happened. But you know, it was uh, it was one of them things back then. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have access to, to 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 the internet as as it is today. It was very very sparse back then, so we didn't get the opportunity to be able to see what these guys were really like, other than what they'd put on the telly. You know, on on your own TV. So. That was the first time I'd seen him. And then the next time i seen him was when he went in the ring with Wayne McCullough, which I thought was an absolutely excellent fight and one of Wayne's best performances uh, I'd, I'd seen him involved in. But what were your early memories of Eric Morales and Johnston?
2: Uh, for, for me, it's a similar thing. I mean, I was
1: fond of obviously
2: Nadia's career. as was all watching it on terrestrial television. So, you know, it was, it was obviously earmarked as a potential opponent. Future and uh, along with Barrera and Morelli, they were their names. Two names that were sort of mentioned quite regularly. So uh, probably the same. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't remember the Junior Jones fight. So I, I don't, I don't. I think the Wayne McCulloch one was the one that really, you know, I, I started to pay more attention. Um, obviously, he was an Irish fella, a good fighter, Wayne. And, and and from that point, I probably thought, okay, who is this fella? And then obviously the the fight we're going to talk about today. Um, obviously, you know, loads of people were speaking about that. I didn't watch that live, but I remember watching that after, sort of a few weeks after, because so many people were telling me about it. So, yeah, roughly around the same time, but mainly because I was following Naz at the time and, and interested in Naz's career, that's where he sort of crept up, sort of in and around what sort of late late nineties, really.
1: So Morales made his debut in 1993 and he first came to uh, ascension really when he beat a fellow Mexican in Daniel Zaragoza who was also, he's also renowned as a famous Mexican fighter for people that don't know, he is a really really good fighter and that was his first major world title, the WBC Super Bantamweight title in 1997 and then as I alluded to earlier in 98 he fought Junior Jones, defended that title and then continued to, to defend the WBC Super Bantamweight title and it was all the way up until the point of our fight which we're talking about today where he faced off against Antonio Barrera who at the time was the WBO champion but going back to obviously the fights Junior Jones and Wayne McCullough they were two standout fights for, for you guys, the listeners if you've not seen any of them particular fights they were ones that I would say you need to go back and look at on YouTube look at the way an early Morales was in the ring, look at the the, the, the ring craftsmanship and, and the way he used to throw that left hand was, it was unbelievable, it was an unbelievable Fighter, basically, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna butter it up any more than that. He was an unbelievable fighter. That was as far as I was concerned, but. The Way McCulloch fight in particular was a really good fight and I've got really fond memories of, of being excited watching that particular fight and hoping the you know, Way McCulloch the Irishman was gonna be able to dethrone him and he gave him a really really good fight and for, for again for guys you you know that are listening, that is one fight as well as Junior Jones that I I think were quite significant in the career of Eric Morales before we get to the fight that we're talking about today.
2: Yeah, absolutely Sean. I mean, he spent, obviously, he started as a teenager, Eric Morales, I think he was 15 or 16 years old. I can't quite remember. He's definitely in his team. So, you know, he had, he had He didn't really have any other, it wasn't like an Olympian. He went straight in the pros and, and straight through that Mexican, the Mexican fight, over, the Mexican scene over in Tijuana and where he was from and obviously as you mentioned the, uh, the Daniel Zaragoza fight was obviously a bit of a par- passing the torch for the Mexican fan picking up his first world title and that is definitely a fight to go back and have a look the Daniel Zaragoza fight is an excellent fight he sort of batters him around the ring at, at points in that fight and as you, as you mentioned that that right hand was uh, was evident on that fight in particular Obviously but had to fight John Lowry as well, which i literally just noticed. So, um and obviously the Junior Jones fight where, you know, Junior had just beaten Barrera twice. So it was an interesting one. Uh it, it- People were starting to to, to fixate on Barrera Moreles at the time. So him to beat Junior Jones, it really got people, especially the Mexican fans, really discussing it. And obviously, Waka'ak, well, who had actually lost to, uh, to Zaragoza himself and uh, and Prince Nazim Hamid before going into the fight with, with Barrera. Um, not Barrera, sorry, with Moreles. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was really hotting up nicely. And, uh, you know, the Mexican public in particular were really really looking forward to this one and um, and obviously it was on HBO Boxing uh, After Dark which was you know a bit of a, a slow a small show if you like but what a fight to put on and they had loads of good fights so you know if anything go on YouTube and have a look at the After Dark fights on HBO because they had some months of fights
1: on there as well Now Barrera started his career in 1989 again the Mexicans they start their careers as young as 15 and it seems to be a trend that still continues today with the likes of Canelo Alvarez he started his career at 15 and by the time he's 21 he's accomplished like 20-30 fights it's, uh, it's quite ridiculous to be honest however <laughs> you think about Barrera he started out down In the flyweight division, he was winning titles, Mexican Super Flyweight titles and then he started to come over to America in the mid-90s and started to get in the ring with some great names, moved up into the Super Bantamweight division, fought the likes of Daniel Jimenez, he fought the likes of Mario Diaz, uh, Agapito Sanchez, Eddie Croft. These were all great fights for him uh, as he picked up that WBO Super Bantamweight title. And obviously he had that Super Bantamweight title for a, a very long period of time before he eventually went on to fight Junior Jones, as we discussed and got disqualified in the first junior jones fight and then lost a unanimous decision to junior jones the following year in an immediate rematch of that first fight so he lost his super weight title that he'd held on to for for nearly 2 years on a disqualification
2: yeah yeah if if it, again go back and have a look at his fight it was, it was a cracking fight actually junior jones uh... Obviously, taking on the, uh, the undefeated Barrera at the time. He, I think Junior Jones was... Uh, I think he had been beaten a couple of times. I can't quite remember. But, yeah, it was—it uh, was. I think it was the fifth round stoppage. And he's was caught. It's, Originally, he puts Barrera down. And then Barrera gets... And he's got a cut. He really takes a heavy knockdown. And then he literally in the seconds left of the fight. And uh, Junior Jones goes on the assault and just attacks him. And Or, you know, the bells sound. His corner comes running. His team come running into the ring and it, it, no one really knew what was going on and um, I think even the commentators were like why is he disqualifying him he was just coming in because he felt he was unfair you know it was some sort of uh, low blows involved on him it was something in terms of they felt that he was um, you know it, it, being a bit dirty basically but in the end the referee disqualified him obviously you can't you can't step in the ring while the fight's going on so that's quite a funny one really but Definitely going to have a look at
1: that fight. So as I said, he got the immediate rematch, but he lost via unanimous decision to Junior Jones. Uh, then continued on his comeback trail in 1998. Before at the end of the year, picking the WBO title back up when it was vacated, and beat Richie Wenton, and then started to move himself over throughout the career. Funnily enough, Barrera came over to the UK in 1999 when he fought Paul Lloyd at the Royal Arbor Hall defending his WBO title. So he was actually over on these shows. But But again, because we never really got uh, as much exposure in terms of the platforms we have today, I never seen it. I never knew it would happen. And obviously, I didn't really know much about Pereira at the time. So when I look back on history and I look back on these events that have happened, I was thinking to myself, just imagine some of the the fans that would have been in in the Raul Albert Hall that night. They would have been seeing a special fighter when they probably wouldn't have known it.
2: Yeah, completely. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, you think Ruben Gloskin and... And lots of uh, new he's come over over to these shores. It's, you know, we're all eager to go and watch him because you know you you got access to it now. You you know when they're coming and and yeah, he would have definitely been one fighter. That, you know, loads of people would have been eager to get tickets if they were, you know if he was a fighter around today. But um, yeah. He picked up, obviously, he looked, funny enough, after that Junior Jones fight, he actually decided to call it a day. He actually retired. So he spent a year out of the ring before he decided to come back after the sort of the second controversial defeat. And then, obviously, he came back and then uh, he picked up his second world title, uh, become a two-time world championship uh, in the Bantamweight division when he beat Richie Wenton And then, and as you say, come over here um, a little bit under the radar. Um, and, yeah, he, he also thought um, that there was an interesting uh, fight where he'd only known contests against that Cesar Najira and uh, the California State Commission actually decided to rule that a no contest because Najira actually had a losing record and he was actually a part of the, uh, Barrera's team at the time so I'm not quite sure what that was about but there was some uh, some dodginess going on there
1: Yeah it's a weird one that isn't it because you look at the record and you look at the guys he was fighting in the lead up to that particular fight look at the record of Cesar Najira at that time in 99 when he fought him. It was record Two wins, one loss, one draw on the record. What? What was all that about? The, the, that's like that's like putting a prospect in from a small hold show, you know, against the likes of a Josh Taylor or something like that. It's, it's just it unheard and never happens. There was obviously something going on there that uh, that I'm sure people might be able to shed a little bit more light on than what we can. But you know, when you look back yeah. on the records, you think to yourself, it's just such a weird and strange blip in his record. But then it was funnily enough, it was after that fight, when we get to the Morales fight, so it makes me think whether that was just some sort of move-around type fight, you know, just to get him active, because he'd fought in the August of 99, and this was in the December against Najjar, and then the fight with Morales, obviously at this point, was bubbling up anyway, and it was, you know, it was demanded by the public, and that happened in February, so it's like it was some sort of maybe, we're going to have a little bit of a move-around here. Uh, but it was actually classed at the time as an official fight, but then declared a no contest afterwards. What a strange, strange event to happen!
2: Oh, really, really weird, wasn't it? it obviously, something fishy going on, in, wasn't there? But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, there was there was obviously this 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 rivalry with uh, with Moreles, um because I, I mean, I think after when when Barrera actually beat uh, Jimenez, as you mentioned earlier, it was being touted as Mexico's next Chavez. So he was the man of the moment until the junior jones defeat. So obviously with moreles had, you know, he, he had sort of established himself at that point. So it, it was really really intriguing, but yeah, really really weird fight to that beforehand, but you know, it, it doesn't really matter now cuz it was absolute just a wonderful fight to cover, isn't it?
1: So we get to the fight, then we get to the build up of it and it happened on the 19th of February. 2000 in the year 2000 the, the millennium the, the the year the world was supposed to end all that palaver and we get an absolute <laughs> cracker of a fight between these two up in the super bantamweight division WBC and WBO titles on the line at the time. We had Morales undefeated in 35 fights, 28 knockouts against the much more experienced Marco Antonio Barrera who had had 49 wins, 2 losses, no draws and 1 no contest with 36 coming by way of knockout. Both of them came from respective parts of Mexico. Morales from Tijuana and Barrera from Mexico City, so this this was the fight that everybody was looking forward to, it, it was Mexico versus Mexico, it was the two best super bantam weights in the world, and in terms of the build-up, it was quite a fiery build-up, because they really, really wanted this fight, Mexico wanted this fight, it needed this fight, in fact, and it was, it, for me, it wasn't the only fight that put Mexico on the map, because there was a fight years before, uh, I think it was Gomez versus Pinta was, was the big fight in Mexico years before, but this this particular fight was was what was going to be the second coming for me of, of mexican boxing
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you'll hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and they, they did. They have a genuine dislike for one another as well, which added the extra bit of spice to it. Um, obviously, as you say, um, Barrera from Mexico City, Marais from Tijuana, which is again, there's you know, there's a class issue there. There's there's a there's a divide, if you like, between where they've both been, where they've both bought up. So, but but apparently, both of were, them were key footballers as well, where not it was actually a few years before that where I actually played a game of football and I believe it was Barrera that put a 30 tackle in on, 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 um Morales and uh, and it was from that point that they just had this genuine dislike for one another. So you know it's quite interesting. I mean, they're quite similar to the place, You know the Mexicans. They love their football. They love their boxing. Um and they you know they have that genuine. When you, you know when you generally just dislike somebody, they just they're, you know, it's just there. And no matter what you're going to do about it, they just they just can't wait to get in the ring and and, and beat this crap out of each other basically. And uh, yeah, so it was obviously the where they're from in Mexico was a, was a big thing and also this little rivalry they had Barrera uh, obviously being told to be the next Chavez and then it, it sort of failing and then um, Morelos coming in and, and doing what he'd done and was obviously undefeated at the time so it was yeah, it was hot up nicely, and 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 it was just you know on, on HBO boxing after dark as well. What what a, what a great fight for them to have! I mean, everybody assumed it was going to be a good fight. It was a matter of will they deliver, and boy, did they deliver!
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Bear Attack Boxing, providers of high quality boxing equipment. And today I want to talk about the Power Focus Pads. Now they are focus pads that are ideal for training your boxing students and also for boxing training as well. They've got extra thickness and the very, very shock absorbent, this pad is ideal for getting them big hooks, big right crosses, the big uppercuts, the great selection of shots thrown by fighters. So, guys, go over and check them out at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. Go and check out their new product, which is the Power Focus pads. Only $24.99. Get over there, check them out. Check them out on social media at Bear Attack Boxing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh they certainly did and um, we'll move into the fight now and move into a synopsis uh, of, of some of the notable rounds in the fight and the first round of the fight for me was, was very significant because Barrera was the one that came out fighting like he he was the younger fresher man in this fight and what surprised me watching back on the fight was how quickly Barrera came out of the blocks against Morales. Barrera wasn't actually known as being a, a fast starter he, he, he was more known for being, more notoriously known for being a slow starter. In fact, and and when he came out of the blocks against Morales, he was automatically looking back, looking at the fight. It feels like he he wanted to stamp his authority in the fight immediately. He he, he basically come out leading with his trademark left hook to the body, and obviously with Morales being a, a taller, sort of more lanky. A target for him. It was easier to, to get them body shots in on the inside for him. Now Barrera obviously was really, really facing this in this first round. But Morales stood his ground. He started throwing back some punishing combinations, and he had a great right hand that he threw uh, and clocked Barrera with in that first round.
0: And a solid left hook lands on it for Barrera, and he knocks Morales back with a right hand. Early assault from the Mexico City star. And now Morales, understanding that Barrera has come to be aggressive, begins to look for opportunities to retaliate and lands the right uppercut. Tuck
1: to the body by oh. Barrera, but Barrera just continued to come forward. And as we get towards the end of the round, there, there's basically a, a point where it looked like uh, the bo- the body shots that Barrera was throwing in, they were really low at times. And there was one in particular where he threw it, and it just looked like a complete low blow. And the referee obviously had to make the, the caution because M- M- Morales had thrown uh, a low blow back basically, at Barrera. So, Barrera's throwing these really low body punches in and Morales obviously didn't like it. Morales decides, you know what, I'm going to throw him one right back. Oh, oh, oh. Low blow by Morales and Barrera grimaces in pain, but keeps fighting. And he gets one in, so just a complete nut shot and the referee basically tells him, you know, you know, I'm not having any of this, but Barrera refused to touch gloves. That was uh, quite an interesting end to the first round.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he didn't make much of a fuss of it either, did he? He sort of just took it and then accepted it and then was ready to fight on. And then, as you say, Moreira told his hand out, ready for the, you know, uh, uh, for for an apology. And Moreira just completely ignored him and just continues with what he was doing. His work in that, you know, that trademark left. A really great start and a good start from from Moreira. One thing I noticed with with Moreira, for instance, is the fact that, he sort of comes out and he's looking to fight on the outside and jab him and then all of a sudden Pereira, he takes that game plan out within literally the first sort of Few seconds of the fight, so yeah, it was a, it was a quick start from Barrera, which which as you as you just mentioned was was very unlikely for me.
1: And then we get into the second round, and it's more of the same really. Barrera is still the one on the front and foot. He's still the one throwing the great combinations. He started off quite well with a jab. He followed with a great right cross, and then he threw a great left hand uppercut, which basically. Put Morales on the back foot. And, you know, when you see them uppercuts in boxing and you see the great shots, when they land and the head goes back, it was one of them types of punches that had been shown. And that was just the level of intensity that Barrera had brought to the ring. And at this point, in the second round, Morales is he's, he's struggling to, to sort of match the intensity of Barrera. Oh, absolutely,
2: absolutely. I, I mean, he's sort of trying to counter him, isn't he, at times? But, um, but yeah, that was there was a stiff jab, a hard stiff jab followed by a right hand cross and then obviously the uppercut which really pushed Moreles' head back and uh, you can see Moreles was really struggling with Barrera's come forward style and his constant pressure if you like and um, Morales just couldn't really adjust himself to, to keep away from him and uh, you know it was pretty much two clear rounds in Barrera's favour um, but in, oh, moving into the third round for instance I mean Morales. Completely, you know, he switches it completely. He comes out high on his toes. He, he's he's sort all of in and out. Although uh, there was great counter punching from Barrera, Moreles was just you know he was he was switching the angles, and and it was even a situation where Barrera throws a big big left, and he he literally landed fresh air. So Moreles really sort of changed his game plan, switching the angles. they saying just just being a bit more in and out, but obviously at times they're still engaging. There's still great exchanges in the third, but. But Moreles was had really had a look at it and thought, you know what, well, he's going to switch it up a little bit and he, and he proved himself to be uh, very clever in the ring in that third
1: round. And then we go to the fourth round Morales he lands a huge right hand on Barrera that was the the most telling punch of the fight to date really. really, You really could tell it had hurt Barrera Uh, but he's got this fantastic poker face. One thing about Barrera that I'll always say about him over his career even up to the latter stages when he was really a a faded version of himself was that he had this fantastic poker face. When he got hit and hurt you didn't actually know when he got hit and hurt because He really didn't show it. But the the right hand that was landed on Barrera in that fourth round looked looked pretty nasty, but he just carried on. And then he got a little bit a little bit over (laughs) enthusiastic to say the least because he tried to throw a left hook, Barrera and he just went sort of flying on on his face after losing his balance, he was trying to land these heavy shots uh, but he managed to to get himself up and recover Uh, but it wasn't a significant round it was the next round that was the most significant round and the best round of the fight and one of the best rounds of boxing I've ever seen
2: Oh, it, it was just an epic round of boxing. Um, I mean, we all we spoke about Canelo and uh, Corelles, haven't we? But um, this is basically very similar. It, it's back and forth, but obviously no knockdowns and no fish. But no, it, it starts off where Barrera hurts Morelos with a, cre- a clean right hand, sort of we'll sending him back to the rope. And it's towards the middle of the round. It's Morelos who starts to take the initiative, landing all sorts of hooks and uppercuts on Barrera. Barrera looked hurt anymore. Well, in fact, he was hurt. I mean, Moreles, he must have had sort of 20, 30 punches and Kelly replies. sort of, Barrera was blocking the shots away. Um, and then about, I'd say about 30 seconds of an attack from Moreles, that was when when Barrera, he throws a massive hook to the body and then a vicious right to the head, uh, which, which sends Moreles back and it clearly affected him. Now
0: Morelos begins to land the right hand with greater regularity. Suddenly, the drama changes again. Morales landing five or six big right hands in this sustained rally and another. Barrera appears to be
2: wary, trying to
0: weather this storm. And suddenly, at center ring, Morales takes over the fight with his right hand. And the right hand from Barrera. And now Morales is badly hurt. Morales trying to stay up. A minute to go in round five, blood pouring out of the right nostril of Morales. Eric Morales, in his entire professional amateur career, has never tasted the canvas. He was close to it 15 seconds ago.
2: And Morales is hurt, but again, he he sort of manages to get his senses back and he gets himself a little braver. But then Morales starts the attack again. It, It is literally just back and forth, back and forth. And... And yeah, uh, um, sort of. I think there was an incident as well where the referees called a break, and then Morello was punched in. punched Morello's on the break. <laughs> it was, there was no apologies then either. I mean, there was like what ten seconds left of the round, and they're going at it again. It was just constant. I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts, Sean, in that fifth round? It was just an amazing round of boxing, wasn't it?
1: It was. It's up there, like you say, with one of the best rounds of boxing. You mentioned Corrales, Castillo, there's Gatti Ward, there's Hagler Hearns, you know, particular rounds and them fights where people will always talk about them. And this is one of them rounds of boxing where people will always talk about it. The way that Morales seemingly dominated Barrera, Barrera still managing to keep his guard up in that fifth round. Uh, and in some instances, in this day and age, it's another one of them situations where you think... Could that have been stopped by a different referee? Yes, it probably could have been. I mean, there's, there's, people have been stopped. For, people have been stopped for more. I've seen well, less. Sorry, people have been stopped for less in this day and age. But in that one, Barrera manages to like you say when he catches Morales with that shot, he kind of turns him. And and turns him on the ropes, and then he's got he's got Morales on the ropes, then and it's just the the complete back and forth throughout that fifth round was was unbelievable, and it really it, it set the tone for 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 the remainder of the fight, and they moved into the sixth round, and after such an enthralling. <laughs> An enthusiastic round. The, both men had given it all. And they started to slow down a little bit in the sixth round. But Morales didn't wait long before he started to take that initiative once again. Starting to try and punish Barrera. That powerful right hand of his. You could see that in that sixth round. That the previous round had took more out of Marco Antonio Barrera than it did out of Eric Morales. And then they moved into the seventh. And this is where Barrera then comes back with one of his great, fantastic left hooks to the body. It was his trademark shot, and it was his trademark shot of the night, which surprised Morales. He wasn't expecting that one to come in. I think he thought he'd been able to telegraph him, and he didn't in that instance, and he he took a step back. And it it was interesting because the commentator says at one point, I think it was Jim Lampley that says, punches probably hurt like the kick of a mule. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> it was some, but I mean that left hook to the body he was sinking him in, would not he? And then sort of following up with the uppercut, would not he? So and Morelos, as you say, he was trying to telegraph, him, but cool, I mean, and he was a skinny guy, Morelos. I mean, it, to be getting hit hard by someone like Barrera, I mean, Harry didn't break or at least crack a couple of ribs. I don't know because they were some big shots going in, and, and, and again, I mean, even in that seventh, moreales is, you know. He sort of, I think he outworks Barrera a little bit in the second. I think, I think, as you touched on sort of in the sixth, I think Barrera decides that he's basically given a whole lot in those first five rounds. And I think that what he decides to do from this point, which is quite clever, which again, you've mentioned before, Sean, with, with Sugar Ray Leonard, where he will, buy his time for the fight, but in those last 30 seconds of a round, he will do his work and he will, he will try to, to, to catch the eyes of the judges. And I think that's what he did really well from round six, and especially in round seven, um, where he looks tired. Morales is dominating the round slightly, and then he comes back with three big punches, uh, right, so basically right at the end of the round. And you sort of think, oh, there wasn't much going on, but now Barrera's it. Then three clean shots, maybe you give Barrera that round. So very clever, Barrera. Even though he was tired, he was still clued up and using his head.
1: Yeah, I know he was. And then they moved into round number eight, and Morales again. Active, starting to to, to to land some blows, but then obviously Pereira again. It's just fantastic. It's it's a fight that, and I know I've said it so many times throughout the Legendary Night Series, it's, it's a fight for the ages. It's unbelievable. All them cliche sayings you want to say, this is a fight to talk about when you say it. One of my favourite <laughs> cliche sayings about fights like these is it's like a fight in a phone booth or a phone box and this was exactly mm-hmm. the de- the definition of that cliche saying because these two guys at points of the fight were not taking a step back but yet were still throwing body shots uppercuts hooks they were coming from all angles and it was a brilliant again round 8 was absolutely brilliant and both of them you know traded really really well i think morales He's starting to play catch up a little bit at this point because, like you said, Barrera had given it, given his all in the first five rounds, and I think if you really wanted to score the fight yourself, it was difficult because when I watched back, I was looking at thinking going into that sixth round, I you could either you could either have well you could have it Morales winning three to two or Barrera winning three to two. But I had Barrera winning three to two going into that sixth, sixth round, and then the seventh, eighth, and ninth, I felt like Morales started to come back more combinations were 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 more free-flowing he was taking control of the fight he was taking center ring but Barrera just wasn't taking that step back so he was also fighting inside on the pocket and trying to get them body shots off so going in then further into the fight we get into round number nine and you can see at this point Morales is starting to get a little bit frustrated because he's not Able to land what he wants to land on Barrera, and Barrera starts to come back with a wild barrage of punches, and seemingly the stronger shots between the two of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm mean, in the in the ninth. I think Morello even gets stunned in the first minute, um, and then he sort of he recovers quickly because that's what you know they both of them do. Um, and he but he, he tries to throw like those looping right hands, basically which which he he was nailing Daniel Zaragoza with early in his career. And, and that is again, like as we've mentioned, the, the trademark left by uh, Barrera, the the, the right, that the overhand right, if you like, from Morales was his signature punch. And and, and Barrera again, uh, he's a great, another great round. I mean, you, you can. There's always these, you know, you've got to watch the fight. It's difficult to talk about because there's so much action in the rounds. There's you have these little little break-off points where they take little breathers but then there's little spurts between them and they just have these intriguing engaging moments but but Barrera again he tries to he looks to steal the round I think I think even though he catches Moreles early in the night Moreles is stunned but he comes back well and he and he's really looking for that right hand and then and then again Barrera just 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 probably nicks it by just stealing those last few uh, last the last few seconds of the round with uh with those little spurts, basically. But it was it was uh, another good round, and then obviously moving on to the 10th. Uh, I mean, one thing I will say is that normally when you watch sort of good fights, you have you have these, you have have these a start, or it starts low, and it'll be slow burning, it'll get better, or it'll be the other way around. But this fight in particular, when you actually get into the championship round, with your 8, 9, 10, 11, or 12, well, it, it, it is just constant throughout. It's the same. It's literally, you almost... Apart from the fifth, which is spectacular, but it is almost the same every round. Just constant action and great skill for the pair of them. It's just an absolute beautiful fight. So, yeah, moving into the tenth temp- round, sorry.
1: So, moving into the tenth round then, and again, you, you kind of nailed it on the head. It is more of the same. We get more intense action. Barrera seems to be tiring a little bit. But he still remains as grounded and, and, and he stands his ground. He's no way he's he's you know he's taking that step back, but you can see the that the output is starting to slow down, the amount of punches he's throwing is starting to slow down. He's always trying to pick the shots off to try and punish Morales when Morales became a little bit too careless, which he did at parts of the fight. You'll see that when when you watch it. But Barrera's starting to look a little bit more weaker in the legs as the last minute comes of that tenth round. And then all of a sudden he just comes back with more fantastic combinations. Uh, <laughs> nearly he nearly drops Morales in round number ten, and you're just thinking to yourself, "Oh my god!" Barrera looked like he was potentially gonna gonna get stopped maybe in the next round or so, and then all of a sudden Morales is on the back foot. Nearly looks like he's going to get stopped, and it's just unbelievable. We just we just move in again. We just <laughs> we move into round number eleven, and from. Looking at round number 10, where Barrera all of a sudden is is taking control in that last minute to 30 seconds of the round. Round 11 starts, and it's Morales again. Morales comes back, he starts out working Barrera, starts landing big right hands that really hurt Marco Antonio Barrera. But again, he shows that great poker face of his. But Barrera still he's still counter punching so he's still taking big shots but he's still throwing him back constantly and he's trying to work the body a bit more he's trying to wear Morales down he's trying to take the wind out of his sails to stop him from throwing some of these big shots and the more shots that go in onto Morales' body the more you can start to see him wince if you watch it closely enough you can start to see where Herrera really starts to hurt Morales in the fight and then as the end of the fight, uh, end of the round, sorry, comes to a close, we start to get a bit more of a close-up on Barrera's face, and you can see that there's a cut below his left eye, which is basically the amount of right hands that he took from Morales, <laughs> in particular, in that round.
2: Oh, it, again, yeah, it was back and forth. I mean, as you say, Barrera ends the tenth brilliantly, and then Morales is back out and out working. Barrera in the 11th, thinking maybe, okay, Morelle is going to take control of this round. And as you say, those, uh, you know, the, the body shots really starting to take its toll on Morelle. As you mentioned, he's a lanky, skinny guy. And they're going to take effect. Jesus, you know, 11 rounds, constantly taking these left. These big left hooks to the rib cage. You know, eventually you're going to start feeling it. And it, and the aim was obviously to try and slow him down because obviously Pereira being able to fight, although more experienced, obviously trying to trying to outwork and sort of old man Moreles, if you like. But um, and then and then obviously we draw into the twelfth round, and, and finally after you know a couple of situations where you know Barrera's ignored the gloves. I think you know as the round be- begins, you know they finally sort of touch gloves and, uh, and Barrera just sort of gives him a uh, Morella's a nod of acknowledgement for his performance. Um, and it, yeah, and again, it, it, <laughs> it sort of had these moments, but it slowed down a bit, rightly so, because they've just put on an absolute belt round of boxing. But um, and it was, it, uh, you know, they would have their moments, it was sort of have a little break and then just go again and it was it was basically that was pretty much the 12th round um, and then obviously it leads to the point where did Morales really go down was it a slip I mean, it, there was a big big left hand from um, from Barrero and Moreles was probably about sort of five seconds before it and i think it takes a lot out of him but for me i think i, I don't think it was uh, i don't think it was rightly called a knockdown for me i think Moreles is it's more of a slip he's almost gone to grab him when he's still gone down but i don't know what's your thought Sean? Did, he, did he go down i don't know i, I think ask more if he should have just really just riffing, should have just left it and just let him carry on is the first
0: knockdown of Eric be the difference yeah, in that's the, the fight the, yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah, I didn't no. see the punch that a little left that hand inside Now Morales knows he's got to do something
1: dramatic right back and he's only got 15 seconds to do it I, I looking back on it recently for, for, for the podcast I noticed that that particular incident happened and it was quite controversial because it would have an impact on the scoring for the fight of course because that would automatically make it a 10-8 round but what it looked like is that Barrera was throwing the shots in. And it looked like it might have sort of caught the glove a little bit and sort of skimmed onto onto the chin. But it didn't look like it was significant enough to have actually knocked him down. In, in my opinion, yeah. it looked like it was sort of a scuffing scuffing blow. Which uh, I think it, it looked more like exhaustion than anything else. i have being honest with you. And, and it looked like his legs is, his legs had just gone from exhaustion as opposed to the punch actually having having an, an effect as such and we'll, we'll obviously never know to this day exactly what it was whether it was exhaustion or whether it was him getting caught with with a punch but the referee looks straight at it and goes no that's you know that's counting and then you've got Morales going back to the the, the, the neutral corner going no I didn't slip I didn't slip you know it was a, well I didn't get knocked down it was a slip it was a slip and he's he's, he's pleading with the referee but he still survived He still survived the round after numerous back and forth between one another. What had happened then is... Knowing that that was going to be classed as a knockdown, Morales come running out of the corner, running straight towards Barrera, and I mean practically running to go straight at him and throw punches from all sorts of angles, but Barrera was going to stand his ground. and Of course, it led to a fantastic final 20 seconds of, of the round because they were both throwing shots and even uh, Larry Merchant is counting down. He's saying like, Morales has only got 15 seconds left to do something significant in this fight. And he couldn't, he couldn't get anything off significant enough to to score a knockdown himself. So the bell goes. That's the end of the fight. I
0: think Barrera won it. I think Barrera won it. A brilliant twelfth tr- tr- round performance by
1: and then Jim Lampley's basically saying Barrera's won Barrera's won you know that was his first initial reaction when the final bell went Harold Leatherman you know does all the scores the, the, the late, great Harold Leatherman he did all the scores for HBO and his scorecard had Barrera in front and then we got to the scorecards which was another situation
0: <laughs> we go to the scorecards and we have a split decision Dwayne Ford scores the bout 114 to 113 for Barrera. Harold Castellano scores the bout 114 to 113 for Morales. And Dolby Shirley scores the bout 115 to 112 for the unified champion by split decision, Tesonanotre, De Tijuana, Mexico. Yeah,
2: um, I, I, it was. It, I was as I've watched the fight again, I, I did. I decided to score it. To be honest, it's probably the first to ever done it um, because I just enjoyed the fight. I, it, it's almost like because these two guys are pulling, they put it out, didn't they? I mean, they they literally went for broke, the pair of them, and then they both deserved to win. And you know, no one. I hate to sort of be the guy to sit on the fence, but I think a score draw is probably a right thing I think a, a, a draw would have been a, the best outcome for the whole thing. Um maybe I mean I when I when I do score it I score it in favor of Pereira. Um but yeah I mean I mean the score it was it, one went was it was it what it was a 1-1 1-1 15 1-1 14 one one thirty Morales and then I can't remember what was it one one
1: sixteen? What was what was the third card so I can't remember one one sixteen something I have got one one fifteen one twelve the final card to Morales which, yeah. which which looking back on that I felt that like was a bit harsh on, on Barrera to be honest yeah. with you. The the first two cards were probably right and could have been scored either way. But that third and final card was the one that was significant. It was basically three rounds given to three rounds over Barrera that Morales was being told he had by that judge and it was significant because a lot of people felt like barrera that's the one that fight
0: harold letterman what about three judges who saw it that way well you know jim there's going to be plenty of controversy over this one certainly marco antonio barrera down the championships rounds forced the fight took it to him stunned him on numerous occasions i mean there was no possible way with a 10-8 round and a 12th you could give it to eric morales i disagree
2: totally Absolutely, and I I think he did. I mean, uh, saying that, I mean, I don't think the last round should have been scored a knockdown. So on my card, that would be a draw straight away because that that would have been a 10-8 round to Barrera. But in saying that, I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking about it. I mean... Is a pretty close round the last round. I mean, could it have gone Barrera? So maybe, I'd, 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 just because it's just an epic fight, I would always edge to the draw. I'd remove that knockdown. I'd make that a 10-9 round to Barrera. And then it'd be, a, a, be 1-1-13, uh, 1-1-13, I think on my card. Or 1-1-14, one one So yeah, I, I think that would have been a fair result. But saying that, there was a, you know, the controversy was Barrera probably shouldn't have got it. I, I mean, most people did have Barrera down. I think Barrera probably did enough to do it. Um, but, you know, if it doesn't matter now, because we, we, we had the chance to see three, three excellent fights. And you know, this one, for me, was the best one. I, I do always regard this as, as better than the other two. But that is by no means saying, just watch the first one. Go and watch all three. If anyone's ever seen them, please watch the second, watch the third. And they're all excellent fights. Uh, they've all got shadows of the first. But the first in particular, and that fifth round, was just outstanding.
1: People label this as one of the best fights of all time and certainly the best fight of the trilogy between the two. And in the aftermath of this particular fight, they wouldn't go on to have an immediate rematch. They'd actually fight again two years later where Morales would eventually lose his WBC featherweight title to Marco Antonio Barrera. And then they wouldn't fight again to 2004 in which the final fight in their trilogy happened and again this time Marco Antonio Barrera got a majority decision over Eric Morales and then not to touch too deeply into it all but Morales would then go in and fight Manny Pacquiao in some fantastic fights on three occasions he'd make his early retirement in 2007 come back for a second win in 2010 and then eventually Retire in 2012 after two great fights with Danny Garcia. So, honestly, it's uh, it's it's quite a, an amazing career and a story career he has. You know, he, he eventually finished his career in the super lightweight division, the old light welterweight, 140 pounds. And he would eventually go... In there and fight for for, for them titles, like, which was I thought I thought was, was unbelievable when I seen him come back after, you know, essentially fighting in these epic wars with fights like, of Barrera and Pacquiao. It was it was unbelievable as well, and I think the Madonna fight was also a really good one. Marcus Madonna in two thousand and eleven was also a great one for, for Morales to look back on as well.
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, uh, he had some some fantastic fights. Obviously, he beat Manny Pacquiao. That's a, the first one in particular. He puts on a great show, and then decides in that last round he's just going to go for you know just to give the fans where they want—have a bit of action in that last round. Because that was the sort of person Morales was. You know, it was he was the first he become the first Mexican in winning four world titles in four different uh, weight divisions. You know, he's got untold fights of the years, a fights of the year. Sorry, um, throughout his whole resume. I mean, I mean as you say, you mentioned the, the, the Barrera one, but I mean. The, the second and the third of Borrell, but obviously Manny Pacquiao as well. And, and the one thing is, with, with that Manny Pacquiao victory, the first fight, I mean, people don't think, I think Pacquiao just got the draw with Marquez. So, you know, it, it was it was a funny one. I think the rematch was due to happen. So this was the first Marquez-Pacquiao fight, which is a controversial draw because Pacquiao knocks him down a few times in the first round. So so it was looking like that was going to be a rematch. It didn't happen. And then obviously Eric Morelle steps in to fight Manny Pacquiao. But, When uh, they fight the second time, I mean, if anyone ever, just look at Manny Pacquiao's record from that point when he beats Eric Moreles in the rematch. And he's got this amazing sequence. I know we're talking about Moreles and we're talking about Pereira, but Pacquiao's amazing, amazing sequence where he fights so many, literally outstanding fighters you know, after beating uh, Moreles, he ends up beating Moreles again. He beats Barrera, he beats Marquez twice, he beats De La Hoya, he beats Hatton, he beats Cotto, he beats Mosley, he beats Margarita. I mean, it is an unbelievable sequence. So, I think where Moreles come out of that fight against Pacquiao, losing a back-to-back, I think he felt a little bit like, oh, I need to call it a day. But in actual fact, what he didn't realise is he's probably fighting the best Manny Pacquiao, you know, it, that was it, it, the best version of Manny Pacquiao you've ever seen. And um, so it was it, those two defeats in particular, those back-to-back defeats against Manny Pacquiao, he should not be down on himself with because we're talking about Manny Pacquiao. That was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, unbelievable fighter indeed. And Barrera's career wasn't too dissimilar because Barrera went on after the fight, first fight with Morales. He went on to beat Nazim Hamed, as we know, and then he went on to fight Barrera. Uh, Eric Morales, and then he beat his, you know, one of his own heroes, which was Johnny Tapia in 2002. Kevin Kelly, Manny Pacquiao, fight with Morales again. Uh, Rocky Duras, that was a uh, cracking two fights there in 2006 for the super featherweight title. Uh, Pacquiao again in 2007, he lost in a unanimous decision. And then this is really where I say... After that, Pacquiao loss is where I would have said you need to call it a day now because after that, really, he doesn't have any notable wins on his record. He does come over once more to england to manchester to the Emian arena to fight amy khan and that was declared a technical draw due to a, a quite a huge nasty cut on the eye of Marco antonio barrera and khan got a massive scalp on his record at this point in 2009 he eventually came back had two more fights retired in 2011 but again just another fantastic mexican fighter who provided us with so many memorable nights, whether he won or lost, he was still involved in some memorable fights, wasn't he? Oh,
2: absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he, as you say, he went on and beat Hamid, didn't he? stopped Hamid for Hamid's only defeat. And, and, and obviously, he, he basically retired, as you know, he Hamid, picking up his second world title and a second different weight class again. And as you say, you know, obviously, he got the two wins eventually over Moreles. The second one, probably more controversial. In fact, I thought Moreles won the second fight. And in the third fight, was a close fight, but it was it wasn't as controversial. Barrera, I think, deserved to get the nod. The Pacquiao fight before the, the third Morelles fight, <laughs> uh, I think, in the end, is called futile. And then, obviously, Juan Manuel Marquez is in there, which was also a bit of a controversial decision because there was a, in the seventh round, in particular, Barrera catches Marquez and, and Marquez goes down, um, and the referee deems it a slip. So it's the other way, it's vice versa, compared to what happened in in the last round of of the one we just spoke about. So, you know, and, and then obviously he loses again to Manny Pacquiao, beat Vincent Lee. Um, and then obviously the calm fight. I, I think I'm with it. The second Pacquiao fight, I think that should have been it. I think he should have called it a day on his career. But he comes out, he was you know, he wanted to, he thought maybe he could get that, you know, that... That one last title, if you like, against Amir Khan, but obviously, unfortunately, got that really bad. It was a horrible cut, wasn't it? I remember watching yeah. that fight myself, and, uh, yeah, I, mean, I was well pleased for Khan, obviously, getting that massive name on his record. But, uh, you know, Marco Antone, he held multiple world titles in three different weight classes. I mean, the guy has been in some wars, and he was just a pleasure to watch, and... For anyone that doesn't know about him or doesn't know about the, the fighters he's fought for his career, please go back and have a look on YouTube because
1: it's just great viewing. A little known, known fact about this particular bill of Morales versus Barrera, that two in particular fighters were on the undercard as well. And Mr. Antonio Margarito <laughs> took on Sergio Martinez and that was in the super welterweight division, which is the old light like, middleweight division and Margarito stopped Martinez in seven rounds, which which, again, I never knew because I never remember watching the fight at the time it happened. I watched it after the fight happened. So when I looked back and I looked in history and I did the research for the episode and I was looking back on YouTube, I was like, no way did Margarito beat Martinez on the undercard of one of the greatest fights of all time. I never knew it.
2: Oh, I, I didn't know that until I literally spoke to you this evening, Jill, so So <laughs> thankfully I never knew that at all, eh? That's incredible, really. Yeah, that is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I never knew that. Never
1: knew that. So, we've just covered one of the greatest fights of all time. It was a fantastic night. A legendary night, for sure. We really enjoyed covering this. Uh, and obviously, a big shout-out to Charlie, who'd give us the poll which got us this fight, which give us a great episode to talk about two fantastic Mexican warriors in one of the greatest fights I've ever witnessed. And probably one of the greatest fights you'll see for a long long time I mean think about this this fight happened 19 years ago 19 years ago and we're still Thank sat here know. talking about it like it was yesterday like it was a fight we'd only recently seen yesterday it was an unbelievable fight and one that I, I'm really pleased to have covered
2: there was there was one there was a nice fashion I mean just just I mean in two phase, it was good obviously
1: a given Friday
2: by ring magazine and obviously the fifth round was Ring ring magazine but that was the fifth the fifth round was was there round of the year as well, so they cleaned up, Clean sweep with the Ring Magazine, and I think they was even voted as the fight of the century at one point by, I'm not sure it was Ring Magazine, I'm not quite sure who gave them that reward, but I, you know, that's just that, that doesn't surprise me, because it's just an absolute beautiful yeah. fight to watch, but the nice touch of it was that Barrera also, he was the one that that, that inducted and into the Hall of Fame as well, so I, I just picked up on that I was across on, on YouTube somewhere, so it was a nice little touch, and they are good friends today, so All the hatred that was between them at the time, they're they're actually quite good friends. And I think that tends to happen, doesn't it? You you get these wars and they end up, up, you know, becoming mates. Because it's just, you know, you you spend 30, what is it, no, you you know, three fights and it's just, you've gone on. I just, you know, it's weird, isn't it? You know, you think of Marco Antonio Barrera and you think of Eric Morales, and two unbelievable fighters and it's just a pleasure to cover. Yeah, cheers, Sean.
1: Two, two men that shared 36 rounds together and... Obviously the induction into the Hall of Fame It was just an unbelievable storied Ending really for for the pair of them When it came to their boxing careers And fantastic episodes To have covered so if you've enjoyed this Episode and as always Enjoyed listening to the Legendary Night series Then please let us Know your thoughts on it go on to Twitter And tweet us at BTR Boxing Pod. let us know if you're really Enjoying the series if there's anything You want us to add into the series If there's anything new I mean a big shout shout out to to Doug Campbell as well while we're on because he's provided us with a list of fights for the next episode so there's there's more and more people interacting with this series and I'm really glad that people are enjoying listening to, to, to to the fights and I can imagine it gives the same effect on them as it does on us Johnston which is as soon as we've recorded the episode and I start putting it together I think to myself even though I've already watched the fight again recently I might actually go and watch it again because it was that good.
2: <laughs> Definitely, mate. I think I probably will. I probably watch the second and the third because I think I watched the first one about four times in the last few days. Um, uh, so, and then also the other fights, the Pacquiao fights as well. And it, they're just two credits to the sport, and it's just unbelievable. I mean, I just say thirty-six rounds of just pure action. Obviously, the first one being the better of the three, but. Go and watch all three. Trust me. Sort it out for your evening. Just literally have a, have a Marco, Antonio Barrera, Eric Morelli's night. Watch all three get a few beers in and just put your feet up and enjoy it because um, I will I have been so yeah that's that's what I'm telling the viewers to go and do tonight or tomorrow
1: so guys thanks so much for listening to the episode as always find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and on Facebook BTR Boxing Podcast you can subscribe to the episode feed on Apple Podcasts on Spreaker Stitcher Spotify we're on there please if you're listening still at this point it takes you one or two minutes to go on there to subscribe to the feed to get all the latest episodes we really appreciate it when you share it around social media it really helps us grow the podcast and we do need it because we are truly independent we have no backing from any big companies giving us a studio to sit in here and do this and we would really love to get there one day so we would really appreciate your support so thanks so much for listening guys and we'll see you on the next episode of legendary nights
0: Right now, Thomas Burns is an open book to Ray Leonard. Backs up against the ropes. This is one of the most unusual calls by a referee in the history of the sport. The first loss. A tremendous victory. Leonard fighting off the ropes. It happened. It happened. Number cut by